With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On June the 4th, 2017, from Coolidge, Arizona. You know and I know that this can be the very best day of each of our lives. Because... That's up to each of us and our choices we make. Remember that one cannot solve the world's problems by changing others because we only have control of ourselves. And in all matters of life, God allows process. And we're looking at a process that God has in opening up his dream in the book of Acts for all of mankind. This is the dream, and until we get in tune with it, all of the problem solving that we think that we are involved with in the world is of none effect. It means absolutely nothing. And if you think you've got a victory, it will soon go down in defeat. That's the way it is. This book is opening up to us that there is a process, that God allows process, And look at the time that it's taken from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 10 to get the Gentiles involved in this process. And that still is not the end of the process. Folks, we have to be in tune with God's process, God's way, not our own. You cannot solve the world's problems outside of God's process. And you can't do it by changing how others act. It has to come within each individual, the choices that we make, and today is the best day of your life, and that's by your choice. And as you accept that and honor that, that's what makes people look at you and start to changing attitudes and dispositions around you. We're in Acts chapter 10 and verse 45. And we, uh, we've already been through here, but there were a couple things I wanted you to take notice of in verse 45. I suppose you ought to go back to verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, while he was speaking, and remember the, the impact of what he has said, is that whosoever believeth. He's not saying that uh, what the process of salvation is, the emphasis there is on the whosoever. Whosoever. You know, you take the person that you despise the most. Now, I really don't know if I have anybody like that in my life. If I do, I have to repent of it. But if you have somebody that or some group of people that you just absolutely despise, remember that those people who are most despised by you are the people who can be, become a part of God's process. It's whosoever. 
And so we have to look at people from that perspective, from God's perspective. As long as they have the potential of believing, we have to give to them and provide a reason for people to believe. And you can't do it by cutting their heads off. I mean emotionally, verbally, or any other way. So, whosoever shall receive remission of sins, it's going to be available to all the whosoevers who become believers in the message and the commands of what all that is involved in that. And while Peter yet speaks these words, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Breath, the composition of all that God is fell on them which heard the word. And heard there wasn't that they had ears and heard a noise, but they were listening intently to the message. For the purpose of acting upon it. And Alex, you hit it right on the nail. They were listening with the intent of acting upon what they heard. And that's that's a novel idea. So we listen with the intent of acting. Why else why else learn? Anything that you spend your life learning that doesn't require a response out of you toward yourself is a wasted amount of intellectual energy. And it only establishes arrogance. And when you look at what you learn from the standpoint of acting upon it, that's the basis of human humility. We learn to act. Otherwise, there's no need in learning. So without, without respect, there's no learning. And without, no, and without respect, there is no learning. So Peter was saying, to paraphrase, as I have humbled myself, you also must be humbled. That's right. How do you beat that? And isn't that the first beatitude? For those who are poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. That means teachable, being a learner. To be poor in spirit is one that has their heart open to the truth. Now, they of the circumcision, verse 45, that's, that's referring to whom? That's referring to Jews which believed they were astonished. Of course, the Jews who were not believers would have been annoyed. Now, because astonished and annoy both begin with the same letter doesn't mean they have the same definition, right? Oh, you folks are clever. Which believe they were astonished that this thing had happened to the Gentiles as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Breath, Holy Spirit. 
Now time for a quick detail. It does not say that they received the Holy Spirit as a gift. Folks, if that were the case, both gift and spirit would be in the same gender. I hope you got that. In this case, gift is in the feminine gender and spirit is in its typical neuter gender. So it is not talking about that the Holy Spirit is a gift that would require them being of the same gender, but that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost the holy breath, the wholeness of God is providing or making a provision. The word doria here, or translated as gift, gift is that which is provided by. So he has, he has made a provision by, by including the Gentiles in this operative force that is enabling the Gentiles to demonstrate to the Jews that they too were accepted of God. And the evidence of it in verse 46. For they heard them, for they heard them speak with tongues. And by the way, the word tongues is the word language. It's the word glossolia, and you don't need to you don't need to think about that word, but it's the word for language. It's not babble. It's not babble. No, it's organized speech. Glossize. What they do in churches today is babble. It's just babble, nonsense. This is uh, tongues is a language that has it has structure, structured language. And that's the word that's always translated tongues, and it's unfortunate that it is translated into tongues because we have put a meaning on that to, to uh, justify our bias that this is something other than what it really was, which is a structured language. They were able to speak a structured language that they had not learned. And they were able to demonstrate by doing so, and the product of that being able to speak to those who have a various language in which they all understood the same thing, was able to demonstrate that God is so big that he was able to include the Gentiles. And that's why the word magna is used, or mega is there, uh, that uh, to, to make God big. They, they were using their ability to speak in tongues, to speak a structured language, to demonstrate that God's greatness included whom? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. Yes, and didn't it also? And I know it doesn't say this in the word or in the text, but didn't it also enable them to then go forth themselves to any land with the power to spread it? Well, now, with Acts 2, yes. In this case, there's no evidence of that. I have to agree. Yeah, there's no evidence of that. No evidence of that. So I guess I would have to say that uh, 
but we are opening a door to the Gentiles here. And I don't want to make a connection as that isn't there. No. But this is an important event that was recorded. That's right. And they may have been able to do that, but they were not able to pass it on. They were not apostles. They were not apostles. I agree. Even those in Acts chapter 2 were not able to pass it on except for the apostles. Yeah. So that's probably the situation here. You think, David, maybe uh, the unknown language they spoke because they were there to convince the Jews was possibly Hebrew. Very likely Hebrew. And if they were speaking Hebrew, these Gentiles, that's not something they would have studied unless they were yeah, involved. Not, yeah, I didn't even consider that point, but that that's that would that's be the brilliant. Point. Yeah. The things that were happening there were to convince the Jews so the Jews would go out and say the Gentiles have received yep. the kingdom. Which they did later when they got back to Jerusalem. And they do it and we're that's gonna right. that's right. So very stop here. Yeah. Very excellent point. Excellent point. So this brings us to where we were last week. Verse 47. Now remember that everything that has taken place to this point in this context, I'm going to repeat it because you're saying, oh, that's not true. Everything that has taken place to this point in this context is to enable the Gentiles in the eyes of the Jews and in the eyes of the Gentiles themselves to be baptized. That's the point. It was not to speak in tongues. That was an evidence to the Jews that they were going to have the right to be baptized. Folks, that is the most spiritual thing that can possibly take place even today. To be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ is the absolutely most, absolutely the most spiritual, spiritual, spiritual thing that one can possibly do. Don't ever hinder someone who is a believer that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Do never, never hinder them from being united with him in the watery grave of baptism. If anything is unforgivable, that's it. Everything, I'm going to repeat it again, everything up to this point that was taking place in this was to enable the Gentiles to be baptized. Because in baptism is your unity with the fellowship with God through Jesus. Nothing is greater than that. That's not the end of the battle. And then teach them to observe all things whatsoever is commanded. That's true. But folks, you have to have a starting point and the most spiritual thing in all of life that anyone can possibly accomplish is to enter into Christ through the process here offered to the Gentiles and that's through water baptism. 
Can any man forbid water? I've had more folks of, of the denominational materialistic background religiously. Oh, water, water doesn't have anything to do with it. Folks, it has everything to do with it. Because that's the spiritual side of what God has commanded. That's something that every man can do. No man lives where there isn't water enough to be baptized or immersed. Can any man forbid water? The water. Good. The water. That's real water. It is. It is so powerful. Can any man forbid water? See, his, this, this is the conclusion of every, everything he said to this point. The, this, the provision that the breath of God has provided was for the sake of bringing the Jews to the point where they could accept the Gentiles being immersed into Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit did not, you know, I'm saying that in a generic verbiage here. Those who had received the holy breath, the holy enabling power of God, did not save anybody. You can, have, you can have all the gifts, all the provisions of the breath of God you want to, from now to doomsday, but has no saving power whatsoever. You're not saved until you do here, if you're a Gentile, until you do what is commanded by Peter to be baptized in water. The same as the Jews were in Acts chapter 2. Now, now the Gentiles are, uh, and 30,000 souls in Acts 2, now, now the Gentiles are allowed the same privilege. And there are folks in the church who say, oh, I, don't, I just don't buy that. Well, I'm tough. That's just tough. You need to go somewhere else. You might as well be a part of the Communist Party who don't believe in God because to, to de-emphasize the place and the role of baptism puts you in a spot where you might as well go to Russia. There's no difference. You're wasting your breath being religious if you don't believe in the provision that God has made to the Gentiles here or to the Jews in Acts chapter 2 to be in water baptism. Yet another reason to be accountable unto yourself. And to be accountable. It meant a whole lot to those people in the house of Cornelius. Oh, and, and Neil hit it too, right right on the head. It meant so much to those people of the household of Cornelius, Cornelius that they were now enabled to do the same thing that the Jews on the day of Pentecost did where the Holy Spirit 
again, using that term in the generic sense of misuse, in Acts chapter 2, enabled the apostles to understand God's thinking. Here, it enabled the Jews to understand God's thinking toward the Gentiles. I think, David, one of the problems we see in Christendom is that people mistake conversion, they were converted by the words they heard, with salvation. It's unto salvation. They're not, conversion will not save you, but their baptism into Christ did. That's the point where salvation begins. Conversion is a wonderful feeling and a nice subject, but uh, you need to go on from there. And that's one of the differences, Neil, in denominationalism. They teach conversion, yes. particularly the Baptists. They teach a change of life. Or the conservative movement, you know, change your thinking, change your life. But that didn't save anybody. No, it's just like being a good person doesn't. You might as well just be a good person. I mean, being a good person is where you start. That's not where you stop. No. I don't want to get off on that. That's another two-hour discussion. <laughs> okay. So, when when he says in verse 47, can any man forbid water? Now that you've seen what has happened to the Gentiles, what God has enabled you to see from his thinking about what's going on with how he thinks about the Gentiles. And the proof is that is that they have received the bounty of the Spirit the same as we, we did the same way. The only two occasions where this only, the only two occasions where this ever takes place. Acts chapter 2, and here in Acts chapter 10. Didn't take place any other, way, any other time, because there is nothing else that has to be demonstrated by this than what has been demonstrated here. One, as that the apostles had access into the thinking of God, and two, here, is that the Gentiles had the same right to enter the kingdom as the Jews did. Baptism was the key in each situation that brought and entered the beginning of the salvation process. So he commanded them, in verse 48, he commanded them to be baptized. Now there's a condition. He ordered them to be baptized. That's an order. That's a command. They were Gentiles. Look at, go with me to Galatians Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. This is a summary of what we've just got through reading. I'm going to start reading verse 25, and I'm going to read the first few verses here rapidly. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. You see, the situation of faith is God's dream. That, that 
needs a lot of explanation. All the, So much of uh, my teaching has evolved around bringing us into the situation of faith. That's the spiritual condition that a man has with God, the situation of faith. Most Christian people are materialists. They believe that there's salvation apart from baptism. That's materialism. They believe that things going, that, that, that there's a future uh, a future demonstration of God in Christ coming to set the world straight. That's materialism. We reject all kinds of materialism. And the people who are against materialism the most are the, the greatest proponents of materialism. To be spiritual means that you obey the commandments of God as you live in the flesh according to the things that God has demanded of you to do in the flesh. Faith comes, faith comes is that we believe in what God has said about things that we cannot see. Faith is believing in what God has said, revealed in his word, about things that we cannot see. Certainty, certainty, materialism, is the tool of Satan to keep people in a state of deception. We are saved by we are saved by faith, not by sight. Sight is a type of certainty. People want certainty. Or they want to go out into mysticism. And in mysticism, they want to exclude water baptism. They want to exclude the Lord's Supper on the Lord's Day. You see, that's why we're in trouble. Now that faith has come, that the certainty of the law has been removed, we are no longer a tutor. We no longer are under a tutor, which was the law. So now, folks, if you still believe in the law, that means it is your tutor and that faith to you has not come. And that's a sad situation. That's a big problem. For you are all sons of God. You are all sons of God through the process of faith. Through the faith, and there is an article there, if I remember right, um, we, we always have to check. Mm-hmm. We're, we're checking on that right now. Yeah, through the faith. Sure. Yeah, there's a faith there. So he's talking about the faith, which is the the totality of what it is God has revealed to us about things that we cannot physically see nor expect. You are all sons of God through the faith. It's a revealed faith. That is spiritual. Spirituality is embracing what it is God has revealed through the faith. The faith that is once and for all delivered unto the saints in the book of Jude. 
You are all sons of God through the faith in Christ Jesus. And that means just what it says, that we only become the inheritees when we are sons of God, and the only process is through that which has been revealed and revealed in Christ Jesus. Now, verse 27. You see, you are all sons of God. For all of you, now he gives a conditional element here, verse 27. For all of you, and he's speaking to a Gentile, in this case, he's speaking to a Gentile audience. For all of you who were baptized into Christ. So some people say, well, I just don't believe it. I just do not believe that baptism has anything to do with it. Well, folks, you're just telling people to stay out of Christ. That somehow there is another way into the realm of God's presence without coming through Christ. Folks, that's a direct denial of what Jesus said, when there's no way to the Father except through me. And baptism is the only, the only, the only, the only way into Christ. If you have not been baptized into Christ, you are out of Christ, and your destination is sealed. Why Christians have so much trouble with that? I don't get it. I don't either, Alex. But Christians do have a problem with this. I, am I not being clear? You know, maybe, maybe we're not being clear on this issue that why people are confused. But this is the essence of spirituality. Well, you have, it occurs to me that you have to call someone in this equation a liar because Peter said earlier, when he first met Cornelius and and the rest, that God is a respecter of no one, of no persons. So you can't it can't be that way, and then him leak an info or secret stuff to somebody where they don't need to be, you know, where they, you know, they're in by some other means through some other process. And if that's the case, then we come right back to shattering God's dream, is that He has made the provision. But only those come into it who choose to come into it on the basis of evidence. It's beautifully perfect. It is beautifully perfect. There is no force, no coercion, no manipulation. That's why it is that which is written. You know, we're doing that in church today again. I'm going to be on there for a while until the folks get it. You know, I keep asking the same questions every Sunday, and uh, I'm starting to get some answers now. You know, it's rote memory, I know that. But you see, if people don't get it well enough in their mind to answer simple questions, you've got to keep at it till they can, including me. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So how does one become clothed in Christ? First of all, you have to... You have to have that faith. You have to have faith that Jesus is who he claimed to be and who the apostles have established him to be. And you're baptized into that one. You then have become clothed with him. And now notice verse 28 in, in, in relationship to our text in, in Acts chapter 10. There is neither, there is neither conservative nor liberal. 
And to, you know, to most people, that's about the only way they look at it. And they're both equally wrong. It just, well, it's I, just. I'm sure glad Mike's not on today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fortunately, Mike is where he ought to be, and that's in the hospital. He's getting the right care. Oh, I tell you, we live in a marvelous age, folks. They went into his brain yesterday through his groin, and uh, I, I think they, I um, uh, forget what they call that, but that process. And, you know, it, it's just marvelous. It, it's just amazing what they can do today when he had some brain, some bleeding going on in the brain um, Friday. I think it was Friday. And Pam has kept me really up to date, up to speed with what's going on. I don't understand a lot of it, but then I don't even understand what they were doing to me when I was in there. You know, I didn't have to because I, I, we live in the most marvelous age the world has ever seen. Damon, that's true. And, you know, those skeptics out there, those skeptics of everything, they should find this enlightening. Oh, they should. That doesn't mean that we this put our... the, the, This is the perfect truth that everyone's looking for. It is. This is the Navarna that they've been seeking. This what? Navarna, you know, the perfect paradise. Oh, the perfect, all oh, the, the this experience. Yeah. And that's why I started with, the, with the, my little comment this morning. This can be the best day of your life, but it's your choice. You can make it a, if you think that you have to change everybody else for it to be the best day in your life, you've got a wrong perspective. You can't change other people. Circumstances can change other people, but you can't. We can only change people by the broadcasting of the message that I'm trying to bring to you this morning that Peter brought to us through the text. And then it has to be voluntary. And that doesn't mean that things are all right in the world. They're not all right in the world. There are things in the world going on that are, that are just absolutely atrocious. That's always been the case. It will always be the case. That's how Christian people are put to the test. And if they get wrapped up in trying to fight that, rather than promoting what we're trying to talk about here, then, you see, that's the cause of the problem. Well... There is neither Jew nor Greek. See, that's the issue of Acts chapter 10. There is, there is neither slave nor free man. That doesn't make any difference. Whether you're self-employed or whether you work for somebody else. If you work for somebody else in that time frame, you're a slave. Eight hours a day. Ten hours a day. You're a slave. You're owned by your master. You work to please them. And by the way, if that's not your objective on your job, you need to repent and get your thinking straight. Because that's what a slave does. He works to please his master, and particularly as a Christian. Or whether you're free, that means you're, you're in free enterprise. You can do what you want, you do what you want. It's the same thing. And it's really the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It's you just, just have to work a lot harder, and the, you have no guarantee. Yeah, it's the same candy bar with a different wrapper on it. Yeah. So, now there is neither male nor female. Don't claim privilege. 
sexual privilege? There is none. For you are all one. You corporately, Jew or Greek, slave or free, if you have been baptized into Christ, you are all one where? And that's the key. Now, if you, in verse 29, if you belong to Christ. Now, folks, I'm just carrying on with Acts chapter 10, but we're in Galatians chapter 3. Yeah. If you belong to Christ. Did you get that? If. There's a big if there. That's conditional. If you belong to Christ. How did you belong to Christ by being baptized into him? You cannot belong to Christ if you have not been baptized in water. I mean, real H2O. Real water. That's God's spiritual element. You try to live without water and see what happens. We need it physically because it's a spiritual entity. You belong to Christ. Then you are. Then. Then if you belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's descendants. Now you are a part of the promise. Heirs according to the promise. And the promise is sonship of Acts 2, 38 and 39. The gift of the Spirit, the next, very next verse says, and, this, and the promise was unto you and to your children afar off. He's speaking there about what we're talking about in Acts chapter 10. The Gentile world. The Gentile world. We're heirs now according to the promise. The promises are all in Christ. There is no way into Christ apart from baptism. I hope I'm clear. So the promise of heirship can only be found if you're in Christ, and the only way to be in Christ is to be baptized in actual H2O. Now you have to do so having become a believer. That you believe what the apostles have said about who Jesus is because that's the only way we can know. We can't know any other way. Through what they have written. So in verse 48 of chapter 10, You're starting to get started. I'm starting to get started here. <laughs> and he and I'll finish this chapter, but then, but then I have another verse that I want to go to in Acts 13. But let me read this. And he commanded them. Now, you see, what they had received was a promise, the Gentiles, so they could be accepted by baptism into the kingdom of God. Now, so now we have a command. So he commanded those to be baptized in the character, in the name, in the full disclosure of Jesus Christ. And when he had made them, when he had made that commandment, that now this is, he ordered them, he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they begged him to leave because He's no longer spiritual. 
Let's go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, we've got just a few minutes. I want to read some highlights. This is the same book we're in, but I'm going to skip over a few verses, a few chapters here. Chapter 13 of the book of Acts, and I want to start with verse 23. <clears throat> I'm going to read quickly because we've only got a couple, three minutes left. But we finished chapter 10. Remember that the Holy Spirit did not save, no matter how you phrase that, the holy breath, the holy demonstration of who God is in power to the Gentiles did not save them. Their ability to speak in tongues was no, it was no evidence of their salvation. Their evidence of their salvation when they, was when they were obedient to the command of being buried with Christ in Christian baptism. Now, in Acts chapter 13 and verse 23, from the descendants of this man, David that is, According to promise, here's that promise again, God has brought a say uh, to, he has brought to whom? Israel, a Savior, Jesus. Now, that, does that harmonize with Matthew chapter 15, that Jesus came to the, only to the household of Israel? Exactly. Now, now let's go to verse 32. Thirty-two, Acts chapter 13 and verse 32. I have just four or five verses. I'm going to skip around here, and then we have to close. Now, he's, now he's, he's, he's going on to say in verse 32, And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers. So you see, there, there again is the good news. That's the gospel of the promise. That anyone, and the, the word gospel simply means that all now have access into the kingdom that has always existed, and the Gentiles as well. And I like that they connect the gospel, the good news, to the promise made to the Father. This is a, a unique verse here. It confirms the, the good news of the promise. That's right. Good, good connection. Now go down to verse 38. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sin is, pre- is proclaimed to you all. And through him... Everyone, everyone, does that include the Gentiles? Who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. And people are still hanging on to the law of Moses today? Think of the religious bodies today that still hang on to the law. There is no freedom if you're a part of the law in any way. You have no freedom from the thing that will drag you to death. Therefore, verse 40, Therefore take heed so that the thing spoken of in the promise may not come upon you. Now, verse 42, and I like, I did, I'm, I'm skipping here. As Paul and Barnabas were gathering out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. So here the people were anxious to hear of these things uh, spoken of by Paul. Verse 46, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. That's whom? The Jew. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. 
Behold, we are turning to the whom? The Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. Now go over to verse 48 and we close. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Now that has some grammatical issues in it that we can take up, but not this morning. The point is, that illustrates in chapter 13 what's going on in chapter 10. The Gentile and Jewish situation. The Jews as a people rejected the good news. Some, of course, did accept the good news and were baptized 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. And more as we go along, 5,000 by the time we get to Acts chapter 5. Now, here we are. We're getting, now we're including the Gentiles. To the regions beyond, Jesus said the disciples would go. To the regions beyond. Now we have gone to the regions beyond. The Gentiles are included, and they are so anxious to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So anxious to hear about the gospel of the kingdom. So anxious to hear about the good news of how to enter into the kingdom where God is. How about you? Let's pray. Father, it's been a wonderful day. What a day of rejoicing it is to be in the Word together with people who love it, and care about it, and honor it. And that is our commitment to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.